What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Alrighty, we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is my co-host, Elijah Spann. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all that jazz. It is November 9th of 2021. This is episode 53, just a few episodes removed of our big 50th special, which was a blast, but we're still churning out content. We're still here. Going to be talking about Las Vegas today, as you can tell by the title. Uh, another How Do You Feel segment covering both NFL and college football from a crazy weekend. Uh, going to talk about Odell again, unfortunately. We don't really want to, but we're going to just a touch. Uh, a little small college basketball preview. Uh, if you know, college basketball tipped off tonight. Literally 100 games. Like, literally 100 games in one night. It's absolutely beautiful. It is what you dream of as a sports fan. I'm already feeling like Christmas morning right now, but we'll talk about it in a bit. And then we're going to round out with our UFC reactions and some love it or loathe it. But first, before we get into the actual episode itself, be sure and go and check out all of our content over at gtdsports.com. Follow our social medias over at gtd underscore sports, except for TikTok. We are at gtdsports.com, which I finally got back to posting TikToks. I took a little bit of a hiatus because it's just a lot, but... Yeah, TikTok is it, it's like a we talked about it a little bit, you know, that that back and forth battle of like trying to stay off TikTok, being good for my mental health and productivity, yada, yada. Yeah. And then, you know, trying to grow a brand. It's fucking I deleted that app. No less than 10 times off my phone. It'd be like that. It's one of those things. But uh, yeah, that's that's all we got. Make sure you guys check out as well on our website, our podcast network, where you'll see the rest of our GTD sponsored shows other than just this podcast. But for now, you're stuck with us, so let's go ahead and get into our highlight, low light of the week, starting with Elijah. Yeah. Do I sound good? Everything all good, though, before we mm-hmm. get into it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my highlight is that I am on a absolute heater betting the NFL. I had my most picks without a loss um, this Sunday, and then on Monday night, it continued with Bears plus seven. Nice. Um, and it's all being Dude, game I- picks, no... No totals or whatever. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that Bears game was so fucky, bro. I I wanted to bet Bears plus seven. Ended up backing out last minute. Like, I was watching the game at a wing, Buff Bros, you know, a wing place. Yeah. And then I left with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter because I was like, oh, this shit's over. And then, bro, I missed it. Yeah, dude. Uh, I want to talk about Justin Fields in a minute. That was a really crazy game. It actually, like, um, I got so much like adrenaline from watching that game by having money on it that I wasn't able to go to bed um, until like midnight, which for my new work schedule is very bad for me because I have to be at work at 6.45 in the morning. Um, so that kind of sucked. 
But I'm on a heater. And then also, we're sharps, Ryan. Dude, we are. Definition, bro. Um, so if you haven't been following along or just know our podcast as well, every Thursday we have our Taylor Fade segment. Um, and so I tallied up what we went through this week. And then I was like, just curious, like, you know, what's our overall records? And then what's our overall combined records? Our overall combined record is 104, 74, and 2. Which means that you would be up 40, 40 units. And then you'd, it's, it's 71% accurate. Or 71% accurate. We hit 71% of the time. Bro, in sports betting, anything above 60% is like God tier. So the fact that we're hitting fucking 70% blows my mind. I need to personally start tailing our own Taylor fades. Yeah, I, like, uh, Cause I've been betting just my picks, you know, I need to just fucking focus on the, the Taylor fade instead of my actual picks itself. I mean, I also, Elijah mentioned, you know, he went on a heater, but I also ha- didn't have too bad of a week. I went six and two in NFL bets last weekend, but would have been better if I just fucking tailed all of our picks. Yeah, seriously. Like I went five and zero oh for my personal picks on Taylor Jeez. fade. And then based off of you, I went five and zero oh tailing or fading you. Sheesh. That's that's like you I have, have a better I have record a, than me now. No, I'm two picks behind you. Okay, so pretty cool. Yeah, that's two, pretty good though. That we're like you know, we're both we're like 40 units up, but we're both contributing, you know, like it's yeah, like both okay. evenly. It's like you started off really hot and I started off really, really bad. And then I had like a couple of really big week big weeks. You had like one or two maybe bad weeks. I had one and really then, bad one, yeah. Yeah, but then ever since then you've been hitting like six and four every single week, and I've been I've been like six and four, five and five, seven and three. I went eight and two this past week, which was nice. Um, but yeah, no, that's crazy. Like I, I shit my pants when I saw that we were at seventy one percent. Yeah, dude, that's we gotta. I, I mean, I already mentioned this before the podcast, but we definitely got to make some sort of of graphic to be like. Like yeah, like, guys, listen these. to us, okay? We will, yeah. you will go pop. Like, if anything, you'll be up four units minimum. Like the way that yeah. it's shaking out. Like usually, what how it goes is we both each go six and four. I don't yeah. know what it Which is, is. I don't know that's how. Fine by me, you know. Yeah. So that's I don't know. Decent, you know. Decent. So that's yeah. my that's my highlight. Um, low light of the week is definitely the Travis Scott news. Um, as somebody. Is everything all good? You are frozen right now. Test again. Try again. Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit is better. It? Okay. So the Travis Scott concert is somebody who has been to those types of uh, concerts and festivals. I've been to a Travis Scott concert. Uh, I can only relate and just think about how terrifying that could have been. Because, like, honestly, bro, like, I, I never really fucked with rap concerts because of that like i've been in like an uzi concert where for like vince staples even at once yeah where like for an extended period of time my feet didn't touch the ground the only thing i think is feet please don't come under me because like i'm gonna get fucking trampled and like and at that point too i was like a full-grown adult and not you know 14 like some of the people were like some of the kids were like really really young and that's just i don't know I could I could only just think about how terrifying that was and like 
I don't know. People need to calm the fuck down at rap concerts because it's, it's not that serious. Yeah, no, I mean, I 100% agree. I am, yeah, this Travis Scott situation, if you don't know what exactly we're talking about, so eight people died at the Astro Fest or, yeah, Astro World Festival. Yeah, Astro World Festival. Yeah. And, uh, you know, headlined by Travis Scott, put together by Travis Scott. Uh, eight people died. A lot of them got hurt. Some of them were sent to the hospital. There was a lot of shit that went down. And yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you. I am typically an anxious person by nature, but like being in the middle of a pit, bro, like, cause I've been to ACL, Austin City Limits. I've been mm-hmm. to Posty Fest, like the Post Malone Festival. So I've been mm-hmm. to music festivals with like big pits. I hate it. I hate the pits so much. Like yeah. the entire... The entire time of like, for like Vince Staples was another one you mentioned. His pit was wild, and yeah. I was waiting for Vince Staples. And it's like the entire thirty minutes to an hour where you're just waiting for the concert to start. I'm just sitting there like this, like looking around, right. me like there's fuck, there's no way out. Like there's no way out. I'm stuck. Like, but then as soon as the oh, music so comes were, on, it gets better. You were there like probably the same year ACL where I saw Travis and Vince. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah, Travis and Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the same. That's the concert that I was at. And I remember when Travis was on, the crowd was really crazy for Vince. But when Travis was on, I remember looking front, left, right, right and back. And there's a mosh pit everywhere around me. I'm like, get the fuck away from that. Because I don't want anything to do with that. Like, sorry. You can call me yeah. if you want to. That's fine. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, be- I don't know. I just, it's just like, it's not enjoyable. I, I definitely prefer like, I've been to like, Rock con. I've been to like a couple of festivals where it's rock or like more indie vibes. I definitely prefer that because it is packed and it does kind of get a little like people bump into each other, but still like a crowd. But it's not aggressive, and I'm not sitting there like suffocating and fearing for my life, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just I just thought it was awful that um, that uh, that that happened. But in the saddest part is that I definitely believed it. Like it, it didn't, you know. Yeah. I, I was shocked, you know, first of all, but like I, I could have seen this happening. Yeah, no, it's like it's shocking because, wow, people died at a concert. But like also it's not that shocking based on the way. I mean, Travis Scott is a hell of a performer. Like he knows how to get the right. crowd going. Um, and I remember like, at you know, ACL, I didn't even realize we we're the same one. But uh, I because I, Vince Staples was on the stage right before Travis Scott. There was like an hour or two in between. And so instead of I had like the fourth row i would have been like right next to the stage but i literally was like i was with my friend who's like a diehard travis scott fan i was like i am so sorry but i am not staying here for this like i i'm going over to the edge like i'm not gonna be caught up bro, in this. like and Travis scott fans are on another level too dude. dude they they are bro they were they were literally motherfuckers like quizzing people in the like in the pit around us yeah it was like, yeah. dude, what are you guys? What are you guys on right now? No, I remember it was, when. I, go ahead. When I was there, there was Travis Scott fans like reciting the opening monologue to Rodeo. <laughs> dude, they're different like verbatim. I was like, what? Breed. I was like, low key, that's a little sus, but <laughs> um, yeah, dude, that's it. But yeah, it just sucked that that happened. Yeah, and also like. What's your take on, you know, who should be held responsible? Do you think Travis Scott should face any legal punishment? Because, I mean, it's kind of the the debate right now is really whether or not Travis incited the riots. 
because like there were moments where motherfuckers right. were like screaming at Travis, like "Stop the concert! Stop, please!" He just kept going. I, I, I see. I've heard. I've heard like different things of like how much he did. So I really don't know. I remember, you know, because I've been to concerts where they where the guy stopped. He's like, "Yo, like that person's fucking passed out." Like bring him to the front. Yeah, like, we all have. We've all seen yeah. it. Um. Yeah. So like I. I don't know. And he's just performing. It's not like he told them to. Right. So I don't think he should be charged. Well, it's not like I, I know. I don't know exactly because I mean, I wasn't at the concert, but I do know from previous Travis concerts, he has before literally been like, Mosh, Mosh, Mosh. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah. He's like, If you're not fucking raging, you're not doing it right. Like, and right. he's like, I'm pretty sure before he's literally said, If you don't get hurt, this isn't a Travis Scott concert. I'm, pretty sure he's like he has yeah. been he has been charged what was that when he was in arkansas right and he got in trouble for shutting the lights off he went he got arrested remember that? I, yeah i do remember that i forgot the so exact like, incident but yeah he's got in trouble with shit that he's pulled off shows too this is definitely by far the worst um i don't know how because there's been a lot of information coming out about all this and like i don't know the depths of what that's going to um the only thing I can say is that I think individuals should be more responsible for how they behave themselves at concerts. I really do. Oh yeah. Might, like you just mean like the crowd in general? Yeah. And that yeah. might be like a dad take, but like, nah, you're, you're right. People, you know, I mean, it's one thing it's been happening for years, generations of people passing out and shit like that. But you know, if people are getting crushed, like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go to see a, a concert and then be afraid to die. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, in pits in general, I think it's like the type of person you get is 50-50. You either get the people that's like, you know, they just love everybody. They're like, oh, what's up, man? Like, we like the same music. Oh, sick, dude. We're friends. Like, you're cool, bro. Or like, excuse me. Go ahead. Go ahead. But then you have, like, the dickheads who are like, let me get through. Just fucking pushing everybody, yeah. elbowing everybody to get to the front. Oh, I've seen some people behave in crowds. I'm like, dude, have you never been in a crowd before? Like, why are you so aggressive right now? Yeah, it's like, bro, um, you're either going to get that your serious. ass beat or like, pass out. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. Um, I'm just I'm really disappointed because I feel like um, this is going to be a reason to take away concerts. So that might suck. Yeah, right after. It's yeah, like, I don't know. And that's the thing too. It's like, dude, we haven't had concerts for two years, and this is how you act. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody just forgot how to act. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an unfortunate, yeah, unfortunate situation in general. But um, we'll, we'll move on. That's we just wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's super super relevant, but not 100% sports related. So switching back, um, my highlight of the week was Chandler fucking Morris. So right. if you have not heard this name. Get used to it, all right? Chandler Morris is the future of TCU football. If you listen to us in the past, you, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but you guys, we're TCU folk, okay? Um, and Chandler Morris balled out over the weekend, put up 531 yards of total offense against the number 12-ranked Baylor Bears in a huge upset win. The first game after the Gary Patterson era ended, it was major, it was massive, this kid is a baller. Yeah, and he checks every single box too. He's he's got mobility, um, has a rocket arm. He's very 
accurate. I mean, I, I like I, he's got poise. He knows when to bail and when to run. He knows who to throw to. Um, early on in the game, he struggled on third downs and in the red zone. Like not like bad, but he missed a couple of things. And just on the money, on the money throws. You know what I mean? He struggled yeah. a little bit, but then he got it figured out together, and then he got us the upset win, which was really sick. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but just watching him, the only thing I see is a right-handed Tua Tagovailoa. Dude, I was trying to figure out exactly what I was seeing. It was like the best way I could describe it, and that's also a good comparison is Tua, um, was basically if Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield had a love child, Chandler Morris is the product. Like I don't know. The thing, the thing that made me say Tua so much is just the arm strength. Like he is. Yeah. Steady. No. Yeah. You're right. He his deep balls were dimes, bro. His deep balls yeah. were insane. Which is like a, that's the thing that Max Duggan's been missing. I love right. Duggan. I mean, I mean, I love Duggan. Yeah. I'm not gonna knock him, but no, that is what he's I'm not missing either. Here. Duggan. I mean, Duggan. He's got more heart than you know. There's times the past couple of years where Duggan tried harder than anyone else on that football team, and he willed us to a couple wins that I remember. 100 percent. Yeah. 100. Um, he's a great leader. You know, yeah, but it's just like when it comes to talent, Chandler Morris is just on another level. Like that kid is that kid's really good. Yeah. So. It's it's also wild too because like he literally looks like and I mean, you know, not to stereotype, but he looks like every basic white frat boy on TCU's campus. Like he literally looks like me or you. He's just, you know, right. Six like six foot, skinny white. No, he's actually five eleven. Five eleven, yeah. skinny white kid, doesn't look like he has much muscle mass. Like like I was in, I did the post game press conference, and I was bigger than him. And this dude's oh, just really? like a baller. Yeah. Like it just yeah. doesn't make sense, bro. Yeah, nah, he's awesome. I'm looking yeah. forward to watching him play. So first time in a all season, I can say <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching TCU football. Yeah, and I got to go make a bowl game. But all right, now my low light of the past weekend. Um, this one isn't really the weekend. This is today. This is a premature low light. It hasn't really happened yet, but I already know it's going to happen. So my, my low light of today is that I lost a fuck ton of money. Um, I thought it would be a really good idea to place 26 bets on the opening night of college basketball because there were a hundred something games. Like, how can you not? I mean, right. I don't know. But I, I did. Thankfully, I did this, the minimal bet on like everything. So even if I go 0 and 26, which isn't possible, I won't be down that much. So. I, I limited myself. If you went 0 and 26, I don't probably. Yeah. That, you, wait, you cut out. What would you say? It would be like 0 and 26. That's almost as impressive as going 26 now. Oh, it is. It's just yeah, like slightly think, less impressive. It's just yeah, as I think actually. it is. Yeah, right now I'm projected 8 and 15 down 5 units. So that's honestly not terrible. I, I mean, that's that's comebackable. Yeah. I mean, 50 bucks. Uh, I do twenty dollars units. Oh, well, you said minimal bet though. Oh yeah, I did half a unit on each bet. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, fifty bucks, yeah. not too bad. Um, all right, so now we're gonna get to our seg first storyline of the week, man. Like, what the hell is going on in Las Vegas? I don't even know how to answer that question. It's you know, I would have been able to say, oh, it's the John Gruden situation. And then last week I would have been like, oh, it's it's Henry Ruggs. But now it's just literally fucking everything is going wrong for the Raiders. Right. Um, so, yeah, first there was 
Henry, our first there was John Gruden, then there was Henry Ruggs, and then there was 2020 first round pick Damon Arnett um, on Instagram posted a video of him waving around like uh, <laughs> guns and not just like any old handgun. Like I'm talking full on tactical rifles, like <laughs> like some shit you bring out. I don't know. It was they were aggressive. That's like some well, that's like <laughs> shit plugs do, bro. Like you know, flexing ARs on the on the Instagram story. That's like yeah. that's what plugs do, bro. But threatening to kill people while waving around the guns is like that's not a good look for an NFL player. Um, so he got cut, and uh, bad bad time to be a Raiders first round pick because um, twenty twenty round one Henry Ruggs, as we all know, was released. Uh, yeah, not Damon even Arnett, just their first round, everything. Yeah, Damon Arnett was benched. Uh, Lynn Bowden traded zero snaps, third round pick. Brian Edwards, he's actually been pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's the only one receiver. Tanner Muse cut zero snaps, round third round pick, fourth round pick. Amik Robertson benched, fourth round pick. John Simpson backup. I mean, that's not the worst thing for um, a fourth round pick, but that's a bad draft. Yeah, like literally uh, no production out of the entire first four rounds. I mean, I guess Brian Edwards, but he's like a wide receiver three. Yeah, that's not, you know, that's not what you want out of the entire draft. And him, Ruggs was starting to come around until he, you know. Did. Yeah, he finally was, yeah. And it's, ugh, man. And we can talk about even, that all day. It's just so yeah. stupid. But And that's that's not even including, like, Josh Jacobs had a DUI in the middle between there. It kind of flew into the radar a little bit. Yeah, in, like, January or so. Was that that, was it that long ago? Let me, let me see, Josh. Jacobs DUI. I thought it was midseason. Oh, so um there's nothing this season, but it says in March. So in January he was charged, and then in March all DUI charges were dropped. Oh. And he was okay. never charged. So I I guess there was like a situation with him, uh, but then I was reading yeah. a bunch on Reddit and people kept on bringing that up, but Reddit people will drag old shit up like well, that. Well, yeah, it was still, I mean, still a problem. We got a yeah. comment here that says, LOL, Raiders picked Ruggs over Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. He was a, Ruggs was the yeah. first wide receiver taken. And I, I was so, shocked, though, when the Raiders took him first. I was really shocked. I knew he would be good, but the first receiver? I don't know. Yeah, he was picked over um, Judy and uh, Lamb and Jefferson – and um and Jalen Rager, but yeah, I guess Rager, but you know, dude, Rager was picked over Jefferson, dude. Yeah. Uh was there any other standout second year wideouts that we're missing right now? Uh that have been pretty good. Henry, wasn't there we're missing one more, I think. No, actually, no, I think that might have been it for that year. That might have been it. Okay. Um yeah, because I was thinking of Ruggs and Judy were the two Bama guys. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two Bama guys. But okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Huge fucking miss. And then just did you see, by the way, did you see the video of him speeding? Oh, I've seen of rugs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like a street camera where it just had like it was recording the highway and like a car goes by slowly, and then all of a sudden, like yeah, just a blink of an eye, the car is by you. Yeah, and I saw another video where the car was on fire, and I really regret watching it because it was terrifying. I think um, the, the saddest one I saw was like the car was on fire, 
and, and the Ruggs, camera like yeah rugs was on the Ruggs ground crying and you know freaking out yeah that was awful yeah because he was like was... you could just hear him he was like man fuck like he just started yeah. screaming because i mean that was probably the moment he knew know? he knew what he did and he knew his life was over you yeah know, all at once in a blink yeah. of an eye um which is you know why you don't drink a drink. i mean fucking uber but we already talked about that or team know. driver you know like everything yeah it's is... it's provided by the nflpa I don't, yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it's like you could call and contact and get a driver for free where you don't even have to pay for it. They, they put all the precautions out there. So people will not do that and they still do it. And that's, that's just, it's dumb inexplicable. but yeah. I mean like, wow. And then they lost the giants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, the Raiders just in general might be in shambles right now. Um, yeah. I mean, like looking at their schedule upcoming, they have the Chiefs, who even though the Chiefs haven't been playing very well, they're the Chiefs. They'll probably squeeze a win out of their ass. Raiders at home. That might be a better game. But then they have the Bengals at home and then the Cowboys. I think they're going to lose to both the Bengals and the Cowboys, honestly. I think that's probably I think they're they're probably going to lose. I think they're probably going to lose their next three. I think they can beat the Chiefs at home. Really? Yeah, probably gonna bet on them. Actually, you said what? Probably gonna bet on them. Actually, now that I, think I mean, I bet they'll be like seven point underdogs or something. Oh, dude! And it, oh, wait, it's prime time too. That's Sunday night football, dude. Actually, if they're like seven point underdogs, I would take that as well. Yeah, prime time say, underdogs, dude. Fucking bet. Hell yeah. Um, but anyway, back to them. It's just like, what the hell is going on, and how is there this many? Uh, behavioral issues and just shit going down. And then to top it all off, their quarterback is Derek Carr, who's like a good Christian man. Like it's <laughs> kind of like the irony of it, bro. It's almost like a little bit uh, like the Tebow in Florida. I was like, just a murderer, yeah, with drug dealers, and then Aaron Hernandez, Tebow. the Pouncy Twins, all these motherfuckers b- just booling, bro. And then Tebow's da- over here, oh, my Lord and Savior. Thank yeah. you for this football. Yeah. Oh wait, T. Higgins. That we just got another comment. That's another guy we forgot too. But I mean, eh. I think Rugs would probably have been the better long-term pick over Higgins, but I don't know. I guess not now. But anyway, in the midst of all this bullshit for the Raiders too, they got to find a new head coach. Um, they don't have John Gruden. Uh, I don't know when exactly that new head coach hire would take place? Have you seen, like I've seen, of course, rumors and stuff, but do you know if they're going to try and hire somebody like mid-season or are they just going to roll out with their interim? Oh, yeah. I'll definitely roll out. Um, that's usually, yeah, that's how mm-hmm. NFL teams always operate. And they'll refresh. Yeah, refresh real quick. Sorry, just a little bit of audio issues with the mic. But, yeah, so the, with the coaching candidates, Raiders – need some help potentially um of course the typical culprits for coaching right now like almost with any job in the nfl is eric Bieniemy and kellen moore are probably two of the biggest names for the potential job uh you also got i've seen rumored joe brady the panthers oc which would kind of shock me an immediate move you know from lsu to oc to head coach pretty quick uh and then next up, Byron Leftwich, I've heard talked about, and Doug Peterson as well. So those are all names that honestly I could see have like I could see as a good fit. 
I could um, definitely see Peterson as the Raiders. That's what the I was Raiders thinking. Are gonna yes. go. They're also. I don't know how attractive the Raiders job would be to somebody because like Kellen Moore and Eric Bieniemy, they're gonna get their pick of the crop. Like they're they they yeah. Well, it depends on how much money because Jerry Jerry Jones might back up the Briggs truck for Kellen Moore to stay. Yeah, four years. I don't know how that's gonna go down. Um, but hey, so they're not gonna get next. for Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. He's not leaving the NFL. He, he's not, but we have interviews. Oh well, that would be sick. Um, but I could Peterson for some reason makes a lot of like strange amount of sense. I mean, he's a veteran hey, yeah. head coach. They have a lot of veteran players. Um, they're kind of. I feel ready. like he's similar to John Gruden almost in that sense. Like, yeah, in a way, just in the fact that he's been around and it's it's not like he's not growing. Like he's very much a finished product. He is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's won a Super Bowl, so like he should be. He took a year off, so he's kind of like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has a year off to think about things. So it's like Peterson is pretty similar in that in that sense, but. I don't know, man. Raiders are probably going to pull the name out of nowhere, like usual, what they do with their draft picks. And that's true. Yeah, watch it just be somebody completely random. Yeah, just something very, very Raiders. So it, none of these names are probably going to be head coach. Do you have any other outside uh, wild cards to throw in there? No, I really couldn't say. They'll probably do like the opposite of what the league is doing and hire like a defensive coordinator or something. That's, that's push- why I think Byron Leftwich may be a possibility. Byron Leftwich is a offensive coordinator. Oh wait, shit! I get him confused uh, with with Bowles, the the DC. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, or a special teams coach. <laughs> just something, just something whack. Or they could honestly, they could keep Basikia, the intern. That, mm, do I don't know how likely they are to do that though. They they're two and one with him so far. Where what was like his him. what was his previous role? Special teams. Special teams? Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, and he's been a special huh. teams coach for a long, long time. Dude, and it's honestly kind of weird for me to, like, just picture a special teams coach going, like, straight from that to head coach. Because, I mean, what what all does a special teams coach really fucking do? You know what I mean? They do like, a lot, dude. Special teams is important. Bill Belichick was a special I mean, teams I, coach. I know it's incredibly important, but, I mean, like, on a day-to-day basis or, like, on the sideline, like, I don't know. I just feel like. Field goals, punting, and kickoff is a lot less to worry about than formations, play calling, time yeah, management. But but the thing is, is that special teams have to be perfect, and if they're You're not right. perfect, you and they do win games. You can lose a game. Yeah. So like that's why because special team coaches have to be very meticulous in how they implement and coach. Um, it could literally win or lose a game. Uh, Bill Belichick was a special teams coach. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. Um, when the Cowboys had bad special teams, it definitely cost us games. One year, the Chargers in 2010, I believe, uh, they had the best offense and the best defense in the league, but had the worst 32nd ranked special teams and missed the playoffs. Yikes. That's so, pretty bad. There's your answer, Ryan. That's how important. That's a, that's a little fun little factoid right there. Yeah. Oh, we got a comment. It's also a player management thing because they deal with offensive and defensive players. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just, I don't know. It's just not something you really, you really think about as much considering like OC and DC is what's talked about. But but. there's a, there's a week nine that happened and it was very bizarre along with some other stuff that got sprinkled in there. So, So 
Can you hear me? Yeah, slightly. You're cutting in and out. Sorry. It's just the audio. It's like every now okay. and then it's all good, but then it kind of is just a little poopy for a couple seconds. But I think it's better now. I can hear you. Okay. All right. So, so first up, we got Kansas City Chiefs uh, beat Green Bay 13-7. to And Jordan Love was not good. Yeah, not not good. Yeah. Um, how do I feel? I feel like the Chiefs are are still bad. I mean, that was my main takeaway. Was that was a golden opportunity for Kansas City to get back on their high horse? You know, get a big dominant win, and and they couldn't. I mean, Mason Crosby had two missed field goals in that game. Right. That should have really been a tie game in overtime. Like the fact that and Green Bay also had multiple missed opportunities in the game aside from just those field goals. So, I mean, it, it's kind of scary for the chiefs. That that's, that was my main takeaway from it. What about you? Yeah. Like the uh, chiefs offense definitely looked inept. Um, and Packers defense looked awesome, but the only thing that was bailing out the chiefs is that they just knew their Spagnola just knew to turn up the blitz every single freaking snap against Jordan Love and it worked. It put pre- anytime he faced the blitz, he just didn't know what to do. So um yeah, that was that was definitely what I took away from it. Jordan Love is definitely not ready to start in the NFL. Uh I yeah, took that away from it. Not. And the Packers are definitely gonna beg Rogers to stay again this offseason. I don't think he will though. I really I really don't. I think they're just shit out of luck with the love pick. I think I think I think they want him to stay. I think he they're gonna want him to stay, but I don't I don't think he will. I think he I don't won't. know. I, really? I think he's still so pissed off with everything. I think he's gonna do I think he's gonna stay. They win. <sighs> like I you're right. I mean they're a good fucking team. They're literally just always so consistently good. They're like one of the teams like the Steelers, they always win games. The Patriots always win games. Like it's annoying. But it is what it is. I just kind of want to see uh, Rodgers go to the the new quarterback retirement home of Denver. True. We'll see it happen. Him and John True. Elway pair up. But anyway, next up, this one's more pertaining to me, but I want to hear your reaction first. Uh, how do you feel about the Bengals losing two straight? I was really, really high on them, and now I'm not so sure how to feel about them. Because first they lost to the Jets, and we are like, okay, like, it was just like a trap game. Um, things went weird. Sometimes, you know, Jets beat good teams for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then they lost again to the Browns, which, by the way, I almost hammered the Browns. I just didn't do it because the way that my credit was set up, I would have gone negative if I don't. I just didn't just to stay safe. But uh, I don't know. Something about the Browns, and it was talking about Baker and how he had some – I have to hammer them, um, but no, I'm 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 now worried, and I'm now uh, uh, less high on the Bengals. But I think they could definitely still make playoffs. Yeah, so I'm like I agree that I, I think they could definitely still make the playoffs. Um, and again, like agree with everything you said about the Jets game. It was a trap game, kind of a little bit worried, but still was optimistic, and then. The Browns game was brutal. I mean, that wasn't just a loss. We got we got our asses beat. And yeah. I think though watching the game, of course, watching the game is always different, you know, than the box score and the final score, but 
Uh, watching the game, I'll tell you, I think the first drive of the game completely shifted the momentum and like completely decided the game because we got down to the one fucking yard line and Joe Burrow decides to throw a 99-yard pick six and that completely yeah. changed the game because right after that, we, we couldn't we scored right after that and then our defense just couldn't make any stops i don't i don't get what it was but also holy shit miami of ohio just beat georgia tech and they were 10 point underdogs that's fucking crazy all right anyway sorry but i'm not i don't know i think we could still make the playoffs uh i'm i'm concerned but i'm not panicking yet um yeah. which is it's so weird to even be at this point because you know Coming into the season, I would have just assumed the Bengals are going four and thirteen. You know, like uh, another shit year. Who cares? So right. it's it's weird, but I think we're still okay yeah. right now. You got that little nugget of hope, and then it immediately got taken away from you these past two weeks. Yeah, we got we got a bye week this week, which I think is perfect time for a bye week. Yeah, and then then we got <laughs> the Raiders. Time. Yeah, literally perfect I would time say, for a bye. I would have said for any other team, uh, it would have been a really good time to play the Jets. But for you guys, I'm yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But next up is my team got the Dallas Cowboys got absolutely um, bitch smacked. We got bitch slapped by yes. the Broncos. And that's the only way to put it. But I'll tell you how I feel about it is that I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all because we won six games in a row. We were 7 0 against the spread. So we were, you know, the one game that we were an underdog, we were competitive. Um, and I think that we just dropped a game. And sometimes the NFL on your, you know, you just come in and have a bad game. That's what happens. Like Dak Prescott has been great for so many games that he's played. He's bound to have a bad game at some point. And it was this one. There's also a lot of uncharacteristic drop passes. We also had that. We had a block. We had a blocked punt. And then Denver got the ball back and got a first down from it. Like in yeah. what fucking world? Is a block yeah. punt. Can you get rewarded for a block punt? Like, it makes no sense. Um, only the Dallas Cowboys would pull some shit like that. Um, but I think this is really good. I'm really excited now to see what our reaction is going to be next week because we got punched in the mouth. If we lose the Falcons next week, I'm hammering the panic button. But if we win, all, all as well as ends well, I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, hey, you know, like the Rams got shit pumped by the by the Cardinals and the the – the Titans and nobody's hitting the panic button on them. Yeah, you're we're, right. Yeah. We're six and two. We're in an easy division. We're going to the playoffs. We're just fighting for the number one spot. I'm not worried at all. Yeah. Well, I feel like also the reason people aren't necessarily like panicking on the Rams is because the Cardinals and the Titans are number one in the NFC and AFC. But um, I, I do agree with just about everything you just said. I, I don't think it's time to panic just yet on the Cowboys. Again, they were seven Oh against the spread, which is insane. Um, Although this was the first time I bet on a Cowboys spread all year, and I took Broncos plus 10, so that was nice. Although I had the Cowboys money line in a parlay, which was the only leg that lost. I was, like, so confident that they were going to win, just not by 10. So God, I kind of fucked myself on that. But yeah. <clears throat> No, I think they have they – have, like you said, yeah, it's the NFL. It's nearly impossible to go undefeated. So, I mean, you're going to have a bad game. You're going to drop some. And it's not like the Broncos are terrible. I mean, they started 3-0. and they, Teddy Bridgewater has been playing decently well all season. I mean, they're still an NFL team. It's you know, I, I think it would be more concerning if they lost to the fucking Lions or something like that. But 
no, I mean, I agree. I'm not, not panicking yet. Yeah. And then next up, switching to college football, we got unranked. What was that? Elijah? Elijah. My computer's crashing. All right. Well, while we figure out some uh, technical issues, I can still hear you. All right. Well, Elijah's having some uh, Wi-Fi audio technical whatever issues, but uh, the show must go on. Uh, here, wait. Let me remove. Yep, yep, yep. Boom, boom. All right. There we go. Elijah's back. All good. So college football-wise, it, it's whatever, but uh, college football-wise, unranked Purdue beat undefeated number three Michigan State at home this weekend and are now 3-0 and against top five teams. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Purdue just all of a sudden turns into like a national powerhouse every time they face a Big Ten team ranked top three. Like, yeah, they're just a it. wagon, bro. They're just, they're just really, really good. Um, and they're just like very mediocre the rest of the time. So I don't know. It's weird, but I, I kind of love it. Um, that also goes the whole Michigan State being really good train, which is which was fun for like a week. Yeah, um, I mean, actually, Kenneth Walker, the running back, is really good, but like them as a as a whole team, they're good but not great. Yeah, actually, so that reminds me, uh, the college football playoff just came out. Oh shit! I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that they were releasing tonight. All right, where yeah, are they at? Get, anytime, I pull, anytime I put up my phone, even though I'm on data, um, my computer shits out, so I don't know what's going on with that. Um, so if you could pull All up. Right. Yeah, it's Georgia 1, uh, Bama I think is still 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4, Cincinnati 5. And then Michigan at six. And then I think oh, Notre Dame is at seven? No, no, it's – so Michigan's at six, then Michigan State at seven, Oklahoma okay. at eight, Notre Dame at ten, Oklahoma State – or, I mean, Notre Dame at nine, Oklahoma State at ten. So, also, what the fuck? Baylor, bro, we just beat Baylor, and they dropped from number 12 to number 13. Are you fucking kidding me? That's it? Doesn't they dropped one spot. Also, it doesn't make any sense how we're Oklahoma... unranked. <laughs> exactly. And Oklahoma is still 9-0. and And they're behind Michigan State, who just lost to fucking Purdue. What? Purdue's quality loss, Ryan. Fuck off, dude. Fuck the committee, bro. I'm sick of their shit, dude. Nah, dude. Oh I'm ready for the 12-team playoff at this point. Oh, they is finally ranked like... UTSA. Blech. Finally ranked UTSA. But wait, what were you about to say about the 12-team playoff? Yeah, I feel like it's a lot harder to fuck it up when it gets 12 teams. Yeah, definitely. And then also... Fuck it up when... I hope people do know, realize that they think the 12-team playoff is going to fix everything. They're still going to fuck it up. They're still, oh, they're, they're still going to fuck it up. It'll it'll fix, like, to a certain extent. They're, they're still going to fuck that shit up. I mean... Yeah, it'll fix some of the major gripes. I don't know. People are still going to bitch, though. Oh, 100%. There's always going to be reason to complain. Um... But 
Look at the lower rankings too, bro. Purdue, it's kind of, I mean, I guess they do deserve a ranking, but they jumped from unranked all the way up to 19 after beating Michigan State. I'd say interesting. like 23. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like 23, 24. But say la vie. Oh, well. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, next up, staying with college football, um, how do you feel about South Carolina just obliterating Florida 40 to 17? And Dan Mullen is firmly on the hot seat now. And that kind of sucks. I like Dan Mullen. Um, I don't know. Why. I like him as a person. Uh, Florida. Yeah. Uh, damn. 40 to 17. They were 14 point I'm, favorites too. Yeah, I missed that. I remember the spread. I remember the spread being big, and I was like, I'm staying away from that. Um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shit pumping. Sarah Carolina's not even that good. They're they're really not. They're like they were projected. 3.5 wins for the entire season, and they have five now. They have five now. So I guess they're – well, I guess well, they'll probably be a a bowl team. And potentially. I mean, I think they're – here, wait. I can look it up. South Carolina. I think they're five and four right now. Okay. Let's see. So – And yeah, SEC, got, that's actually pretty good. So, they've yeah, two and one – Yeah, so they're five and four right now, and then their remaining yeah. teams are they play Missouri, Auburn, and Duh. Clemson. I I think they could beat Missouri. Yeah, they could beat Clemson too. <laughs> yeah, it is a home game, so I I, I guess I wouldn't be too surprised. I'm gonna hammer South Carolina because you know Clemson's gonna be like ten point favorites. I don't know. They kind of. I mean, Clemson was a dog against Pitt, so I think that. But Pitt's also like pretty good. I mean, didn't they lose this weekend too? They lost. No, they didn't lose this weekend. They lost uh, to um, what's it called, Miami the week before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, probably gonna lose to UNC this week on Thursday. Yeah, I don't know. UNC is really hard to pin, bro. They, I had, I was so pissed because I bet on Wake Forest plus two and a half, and they lost by like three. Oh, dude, fucking bro. But every time I trust on, uh, on every time I trust in fucking. UNC, they let me down. Also, um, sure. holy shit, Adam Schefter, breaking news. Adam Schefter just tweeted an update on the dueling allegations between Dalvin Cook and an ex-girlfriend. An ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. oh wow. So he's allegedly assaulted a woman. All right. Well, shit. That's I, I, new. Okay. Uh, gotta, gotta love the NFL, right? Well, it's, it's dude. There has been so much off-season drama here, it's been more than reality TV. Yeah, it, it's literally like fucking NFL's been more reality TV. All right, and then next up, switch it back to the NFL. Justin Fields, we kind of talked about a little bit. Now's your time to, to touch on it more. Justin Fields had an impressive performance against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. How do you feel about it? I'm sorry, you cut out. Uh, Justin Fields, his uh, performance. Oh, yeah. That was probably the most uh, impressive single-game rookie performance that I've seen all year. I'm going to say it. He looked terrible in the first half. Um, in the second half, dude, he was zipping it. He was putting in tight, tight windows. And every time he runs, dude, the only thing I can say is, wow, he's fucking fast. Like, dude, yeah. They just got to put the ball in his little, hands, really. 
he's lightning. He was making some Nagy. good deep. He was making some good deep ball passes too, though. Yeah, exactly. He's awesome. Yeah. There was a. Uh, um, I, I kind of wanted to bet on his uh, anytime touchdown scorer prop, but I like I said, I, I was watching the game. Ended up leaving around like ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, something like that, where. Bears were down by two possessions. I thought it was over, and then somehow, some way, you know, Fields and the Bears came fighting back. Man, what a heartbreaking way to lose the game, though. Holy shit! Yeah, Off can we talk about upright? Talk about what? You talk about that taunting call too? Did you see yeah. That? So I didn't. I didn't actually see the call in of itself, but I've heard a bunch about it. So what? What exactly was it? So Cassius Marsh used to play. He was actually on the Steelers at the beginning of the year. He got um, sack Big Ben on third down, so then for them to get the ball back and potentially take the lead and win the ball game. Um, and then he sacks Big Ben, he does this like celebration, and then he kind of like walks like three steps towards the Steelers bench and kind of stares them down. And then as walking back to his running back to the sideline, he like raises the ref. What the ref was already reaching for his his flag at that point, but as soon as he bumps into him, the ref just fucking flies it. And I'm just like, I don't know. He didn't do anything. He didn't get anybody's face. He just stared menacingly at the sideline. Um, and it was it was egregious, and it was a third and fifteen, and it turned into a first and fifteen, or a first and ten. Move the stick. Yikes! Yeah, and, and honestly, probably decided the outcome of the game because after that, it was um, twenty three. No, no, no. It was 26-20 at that point. Bears came back and scored, and then Steelers came back and scored the field goal to end the game, 29. Yeah, it was like a crazy last few minutes, yeah. So Yeah, that, that's um, wild. Well, and then, you know, uh, Santos missed that 65-yarder that almost would have tied Justin Tucker's record. Yeah, but that wasn't really that – was, that, that was everyone in. Um, but the the thing that really sucked about it was just that that taunting call, and it's like the refs. The refs were horrible. Uh, people want to say like, but the weird part about it though is is that most of the public money was on the Steelers, but the refs were really trying to get the Steelers to win because there's so, so many calls on the Bears that shouldn't have been calls, and they just looked past a lot of calls on the Steelers. Yeah. So it was a yeah, really fucked game. Vegas made some calls, you know? I guess so. I don't know. Either way, I've been making money off of them, so. All right. And then next up, how do you feel about the Titans being the best team in the AFC? Um, I feel like they're the NFL version of the Utah Jazz. Interesting. They're really Why good. They're going to be really good. Um, because Ryan Tannehill is kind of like Rudy Gobert. He's going to be efficient, and he's going to be pretty good in the regular season. But as soon as the postseason start, his um, flaws and shortcomings are going to be magnified, and they're going to take advantage of it, and his team is going to be gone in an early round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, don't, I really still struggle to see the Titans as a playoff threat. I mean, I know Henry's out for the season. Is Henry going to come back for playoffs at all? See, I think there's speculation that he might. 
uh... okay, well, that would be the X factor, really. I mean, if Henry comes back, I could see them at least winning one playoff game. But without Henry, I don't think so. Yeah, no matter who they match up against, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Because especially with how competitive the AFC wild card is going to be, they could end up facing a really, really good team. Right, right. Now, AFC is wide open this year. Yeah, it, it's kind of surprising that they're in the lead. I mean, they're the only team with seven wins. You got Ravens with six. Then you got Bills, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, all with five wins. So, yeah, it's definitely wide Jeez. open right now. Yeah, I know. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But all right. And then last on. up on our uh, how do you feel before we talk about dive into it a little bit. How do you feel about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. going unclaimed on the waiver wire and now becoming a free agent? Uh, I feel like this is to be expected, especially for a mid-season addition. You said, oh, you're cutting out. What would you say? You there? Jeremy? Uh, yeah. I'm here. yeah I, uh, I feel right, like, yeah. like he's too ex- uh, this is kind of to be expected. He was too expensive uh, for a mid-season addition. Um, but, and when you claim somebody off the waiver wire, you have to pay him like his contract. And so no team really wanted to do that. Don't blame them. Now he gets to choose really where he wants to go. Um, I've heard actually just recently is like 15 minutes before we started this podcast that he has been linked to the Packers. And I think that'd be a decent spot for him. I mean, the Packers are always, or they've been in need of another receiver for a while. I mean, sure, you got Valdez Scandling, Alan Lazard, but I mean, they're not great. Alan good. He, he's not a wide receiver too, I don't think. I think he's, I think he's developed into one this year, honestly. And they got Randall Cobb, who has been yeah, but Randall Cobb is no okay. I don't know okay, but he's but he showed up in clutch moments. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, he had like that one huge catch uh, in yeah. on, what's it called against the Chiefs. Yeah, but, yeah no, one I mean the Chiefs and one against the Bengals too. Like I understand. I I totally agree. Like nobody claiming him off the waiver wire, but I, I don't know if I want to see him end up in green bay exactly i don't know it, it I, might be a good spot though i don't care where he goes as long as we can stop talking about it and then another thing too <laughs> is that the browns are definitely like it's it's been said everywhere so i'm not saying anything new but the browns are like definitely better without odell yeah yeah i mean their their record which is crazy to it, think so. about so and there's a large I'd be weary too yeah and i'd be weary of that when adding into my team yeah, I and then other rumors too. Uh, I've heard he's been talked about uh, with the Seahawks. I've been they probably had the most interest in him from a team standpoint, um, which would kind of be interesting to see him work out with DK and, and Tyler Lockett. Um, I don't know who would become the wide receiver three in that offense. Would it be Odell or would Odell. it be Tyler Lockett? Yeah, probably. I don't know though, because Lockett's just so inconsistent. No, nah, Lockett is so much rapport with uh, Russell Wilson. Sometimes the reason why I think that is just because they feel like they need to force it to DK a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I think Lockett's a pro's pro. I think he's just – I think he's insanely good. He just, you know, he doesn't need to have consistent big games, you know. I, yeah, I guess. He does show up when he needs to. But other than that, um, the Saints and the Patriots are both teams that I think are in need of a wide receiver. But right now, it wouldn't really make sense for the Saints to go after him, considering they have they just lost you know Winston for the season. 
They're on to mm-hmm. Simeon right now. Maybe Taysom Hill soon, but who knows? Uh, I don't, and especially with all their drama with Michael Thomas, I'm sure they don't want another drama queen in the locker room. And then the Patriots, I feel like that might be a good fit for him. But like, again, I don't know if Bill Belichick's going to want that drama queen in the locker room. There's been mutual respect between the two. Really? Yeah. Odell has been on record respecting Belichick, and Belichick has complimented Odell a couple times. That would be an interesting pairing. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. They don't really have – sure, they have Jacoby Myers, but other than that, they have nothing. I mean, their receiving room is wide open right now, so he could come in and have an immediate impact. 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, what else we got? Do you want to still do college basketball? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a little rundown. Um so, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, college basketball tipped off tonight. Um, Elijah isn't the biggest college basketball fan, so I'm going to kind of lead a slight Monday morning quarterback through uh, the big storylines ahead of this season. So, first things first, probably the biggest storyline in the entire country is this is Coach K's final ride. Uh, and I'm looking over my shoulder right now at my TV because I got the Duke and Kentucky game. On right now, Duke's up 13 to 8. All right, let's go. I put money on Duke. But anyway, Coach K's final ride, his final season with the Duke Blue Devils. My man has went to 12 Final Fours, has five national titles, and has produced 24 NBA players in his time at Duke. He is the definition Wait. of a legend. Only 24 NBA players? Yeah, that's what they said in the ceremony. Let's see. How That's many crazy. I feel like it should be way higher. Let's see. How many How many NBA players? Oh, shit. 46. 46 players into the NBA. Okay. Yeah, that, way more than that I number thought. still feels low to me for some reason. But basketball is different. It's usually like one or two guys every year. And, I mean, he's been there 40 years, so. Oh, that's true. That is true. And there's like a hundred fucking basketball programs. And then NBA teams only keep like, what, 11, 12 guys on the roster? 15, but yeah. 15? Okay, same yeah. shit. Whatever. Um, well, I mean, yeah. like okay. three of them are usually reserves, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right, then. Anyway, continue. No, but yeah, it's just that that's really uh, – he starts his last season tonight with Kentucky. Huge game. And also along those lines of legendary coaches last year – UNC Roy Williams coached his last season. He's gone. Uh, sooner or later, Jim Beheim at Syracuse, another legend. He's 76. He's got to be gone soon. So we're going to see in this season, next season, a lot of legendary names leaving college basketball. So, and, and on top of that, it's going to wide. It's going to open everything wide up. Like I don't even know if that made sense. Open everything wide up. Words are hard sometimes. Why? You know open- what I mean. Open up, open wide. up, open what very open wide <laughs> fucking English, but yeah, so this season is wide, wide open. open, yeah, it's wide open. That's the one, yeah, and of like both team and player wise. So, of course, you got you know your favorites, Gonzaga and Baylor, they just made the national championship last year, they're gonna be favored again. And Gonzaga brought back a decent amount of players from that roster. Um, and I, I honestly think the Zags have a decent shot of winning it where they failed to last year. They still have Drew Timmy, who is one of the best players of the tournament. If you remember him with the beard, 
and then uh, also they the just handboard? brought in what the handboard mustache no you had like the full one that connected like full mustache beard connected they're frozen for me right now oh there you are but no, they still have so they still have Timmy, and they also just brought in Chet Holgram, which was the number one ranked recruit out of high school. Dude is a seven foot one center, athletic shooting center at seven foot one. So he could have an immediate impact. He could probably be a one and done based off the hype I've heard from him. That's gonna be something to watch. Yeah, but I don't know he's gonna be based off that his name is Chet. Chet is a fucking Chet. Yeah, you're right. It's more like a golf player, I feel like, or like a, I don't know, like a blackjack, like a professional poker player. It's yeah, the name I'm getting definitely, the vibes. definitely like a poker player. Like, I don't know. You just don't like Chet's not a stud. Chet's somebody that like you have to deal with at I don't know, let's say like your local GameStop or something, and be like, oh fucking Chet, talking to you, trying to sell me Skyrim for the eighth time on the different console. <laughs> Fucking Chet. No, I don't want to join your D&D campaign. Like that's yeah, I mean, Chet. it's a pretty it's a pretty Caucasian name, you know. Chet. <laughs> pretty pretty Very basic Caucasian. white name. But on the cock. Even though he may not sound like it, he is a baller. Uh he he's played insane throughout his prep career. Uh you know, you always assume they're going to transfer well into college basketball, but it, nothing's guaranteed. So I mean, we'll see how he pans out. Um, in terms of individual players, though, last season, Luke Garza of Iowa, their big man, was far and away the best player in college basketball, won the Wooden Award. And so the question is, who is it going to be now? I mean, there's so many new faces. Duke and Kentucky have both brought in like a completely new team of freshmen after really bad seasons last year. Neither one of them made the tournament. And uh, Luke Garza, though, just in general, it's kind of wild because he was definitely the number one player in college basketball, but he only got drafted 52nd overall, which is just kind of weird how that works out sometimes. It, uh, it always is with basketball. Like the, yeah. the, what is it, the Wooden Award or the Naismith Award? Wooden Award, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That The winner of that it was like Frank Kaminsky. Like Frank Kaminsky has yeah. never been an, an impact player in the NBA. Exactly. So it's yeah. Weird how that how that works out because that's usually what it is. Yeah. Or like a Grayson Allen or fucking whatever. Yeah. Like sometimes their style just doesn't always translate. But I mean, Kate Cunningham definitely made sense for the number one pick. I mean, he's super athletic. But yeah. And then just from a general standpoint, we got fans back in the stands. So you know, places like Cameron Indoor, you know, Rupp Arena, every everywhere is going to be it's going crazy. Um, it's going to be nice to see after, you know, a year without full capacity. And then on top of that, this season already before it's even began has been highlighted by transfer players, transfer players, and more transfer players. Uh, it, mostly because every single player in college basketball was granted an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID season. So you got a lot mm. of fifth year seniors. You got a lot of guys that, transfer they've played four years at one place transferred somewhere else for their last year because why not like <laughs> it's interesting the landscape has changed uh, for example yeah for example I I took fifth year honestly yeah just don't have to go to class just take the fifth year yeah that would be the dream bro. sweet fucking deal <laughs> dude i kind of i kind of have a sweet deal next semester so like i'm graduating 
and I only need seven uh, seven credit hours left. And so I'm literally oh. taking I'm taking two classes and then a one credit senior seminar. So like I'm basically done. But yeah, that's nice. nice. So but a situation that we can speak on firsthand in this transfer scenario is TCU uh, basketball. Of course, definitely not known for their basketball like they are in football, but this is a completely new roster for the Horn Frogs uh, prior to compared to last year's. We had guys like RJ Nimhard went to the NBA. He earned a he earned a contract, which is is nice to see. And then also, you know, big name guys Kevin Samuel transferred, Taryn Todd transferred. We had eight players, seven transfer, one to the NBA, and TCU brought in eight new transfer players. I couldn't find any like concrete stats or anything, but I feel like this has to be a record of some sort. Like eight new players, that's over half the roster. That's insane. They're all transfer yeah. players. That is that is that's I actually didn't know that until now. Um, well, I hope we're good. Me and the, yeah. the, the only other guy that went to TCU in my office, he was like, Yeah, we better be good this year. And I was like, I have no idea what's gonna happen. Oh, well, yeah, we're we're really a, a Nobody knows what we're gonna look like because I mean we have we're probably gonna have three new starters so could we yeah. could be really good could be really bad I don't know um, just in general I think that highlights it though that this is this is a new era of college basketball especially with the NIL era and everything like that going on um, <laughs> the big schools are gonna get the big recruits as always but it's gonna be even more amplified now with the NIL they're gonna be able to get those guys better deals and everything so <clears throat> yeah it, it's gonna be it's gonna be different and then. Also, my main question for the season, I'll leave it at this, is I'm curious whether or not the ACC can reclaim themselves as the best conference in basketball. Because historically, you know, ACC, I mean, it speaks for itself. UNC, Duke, Virginia, all these great teams. But last year, the Big Ten was better. I mean, they, they were better. Michigan was good. Iowa was good. Michigan State was decent. Ohio State was really good. Like they, the Big Ten was dominant. So I'm curious to see if uh, the blue blood perennial powerhouses can get back on their high horse and mm-hmm. make you know another Final Four type run. But yeah, that's uh, what do you have any? I don't know, kind of questions, seasons for me, or season questions for me. Um, no, I just it's hard for me to give a shit about college basketball until the tournament starts. Um, I get I just, it. I respect people that do, um, or like, I don't know. I will say that I like to bet college basketball more than I like to bet NBA. But if I was gonna watch without betting, definitely picking NBA over college hoops. Yeah, that's fair. I'm. I mean, the mo- main reason I'm as into it as I am is because I just uh, one of my favorite sports to bet on is college basketball, regardless of my win loss record. I, I really, it's it's fun no matter what. Uh, mm. And my favorite part about it is that. Like today, 100 fucking games, literally 100 games. And yeah. every single day from now until the March Madness, there's going to be at least 10 games on, at least, like every single day. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is like to watch college basketball game and you can know like within the first five minutes if it's going to go under or not and just bet the under and laugh your ass off at all the brick shots. It is nice, but it's also – it sucks when like today I had an under – and it was under 142. They scored 60 points in the first half. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, they're on pace. And they ended with 160 in the game. So, yeah, fuck me. But 
that's a lot. Yeah, it, it, college basketball is kind of wild like that, though. I mean, you can have the same thing on the other hand, like where you win a bet like that. So it, it's yeah. very volatile. There's a lot of line mistakes too. A lot of line mistakes. Right. But uh, yeah, I that's, that's I really know. all I got. I've just mostly lost money on college basketball, so I just stay away. Like I remember last year, I put big money on San Diego State against a BYU on a live bet because I was like, dude, six out of their eight players are white. Like, there's no way that BYU's this is good, gonna dude. work out. And BYU is actually really good. BYU's <laughs> good. They're yeah. fucking solid. Like they came back, and dude, I lost like a good amount of money. Yeah, BYU is um, just one of those. I don't know. Always just. Just strappers, bro. The all white team strappers, very disciplined basketball. Like Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, exactly, bro. They they get yeah. it done. I mean, yeah. they do. But okay, yeah, that's that's about all I had. Um last thing that, and, what? Yeah, UFC. Okay, yeah, yeah. UFC. Let's, not not much to really talk about, just kind of a recap. You know, re- recap. I'll let you take over now because I kind of just you know was going off yeah. about basketball. So that was that that did not disappoint. Those top three fights fights did not disappoint. Neither did the other fights or the prelims. Like that was just a really good showcase all around. Yeah. Um, watching that, I definitely have to agree with your take now that UFC is the most entertaining sport to watch outside of the core four. Um, yeah. I still don't think of it as a sport. I think of it as a combat sport. So I, I look at it a little differently. But anyway, not just here or there. Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, um, fight of the year, in my opinion. I think so too. Yeah, this year, bro. I remember because like I was I was working uh, that day, like because I worked the TCU game, and I was on my way home, talking to my girlfriend who dropped me off about like you know how I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna drink, watch the fights, yada yada, and then I pull up my phone to check like if it had started yet, and fucking Chandler and Gaethje were the first fight of the card. That made no sense to me. Like yeah. why they were the first on the main card. So I immediately like ran in, got online, started watching it, and it was insane from the moment I turned it on. It was just right. just entertainment, bro. Electric. It was, it was an electric fight. Um Gaethje definitely won that fight. Um and it sucked too, because the fight that was after that um was a pretty good fight. Uh I didn't really I wasn't really too familiar with the two guys that were fighting. The Burgos really, fight. Yeah, but it was a really good fight, but um I felt nothing because all of my energy was just spent. Yeah. Watching, that, that's what a lot of people Gaethje were saying. Fight. A lot of people were saying is like this, this Burgos fight could be fight of the night on any other card other than tonight. Right. And I think Rogan said something about that too. He was like, cause the crowd wasn't really into it. And he was like, I think the crowd has spent all of their, you know, energy yeah. on that Gaethje fight. And now like, he's like, this is an awesome, amazing fight. And like the crowd just isn't into it because of what happened previously. But then you had the Thug Rose fight too, which was really good. A nice comeback victory from Thug. She definitely was losing the first two rounds, and then she yeah. just came back and figured yeah, out. Like, she, especially, yeah, because I think the third round was Rose's. But yeah, Zhang. I learned that it was also Zong. I, I've been pronouncing it Zhang. It's but apparently it's Zong Weili and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but Rose dominated those championship rounds, which is right. if you want to be a champion, those are the rounds you got to win it in. She proved it. You know, she did exactly what she came out to do. She proved she's the champ. And now she's probably not going to have that hard of a, a test for a while. I think Zong Wei Li is really the only other person that can truly compete with Rose in, in the strawweight division. So I think she'll be the champ for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll I love definitely. 
I love watching. It gets me so hyped, bro. Did you watch like Thugs, like her walk up, her intro? I was hoping she did a Rose in Harlem, but she didn't. She didn't do it. Yeah, she yeah. did it this time. But dude, she was like, I'm the best. I'm yeah, the that's, best. that's what I'm I was about best. to say. She was just the whole time like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm She's like, saying yeah, it during yeah. like fight introductions too. Yeah, dude, fight. it gets me so hyped, bro. Like, I'm just like, yes, bro. You fucking tell him, bro. You are the best. Yeah, so oh, I was happy for her. And yeah. my parlay hit, so I was happy about that too. Yeah, same. Um, same. That was a good and parlay. then Carl Usman, like I literally think that he was just beating the shit out of him for like the first like three rounds that those last two rounds where he got a little sloppy. He was just kind of bored. Like he already knew he had a fight in the bag and he wanted to give Madison Square Garden a fight to watch. Yeah. Cause he I mean he clowned him for he those did. first three rounds. And then like he was still in control, but there was like a couple of things that like I was like, Usman doesn't usually like get hit like that or like I don't know, just a couple of uncharacteristic things those, those last two rounds. But he already had the fight in the bag, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just kind of weird to see that. I, I literally think that he just got bored. I found it weird, too, that one of the judges scored the fight 48-47, which would be like 3-2 to two in favor of Usman. I'm like, there's no fucking way, bro. Like, he at least won four of those for sure. Like all three, of them, all three of them scored 48-47. I thought it was 49-40. I thought it was two 49-46 and a 48-47. I don't remember. Either way, let me now. I gotta just fact check Usman versus Covington two scorecards. Uh, official scorecards. There we go. See how the judges scored. Fucking UFC is giving me all their advertisements. Yada yada. Um, what is this? Oh, okay. I gotta go all the way down. Here we go. So. Oh Usman and Covington. So, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, I had it reversed. So it was two of them 48 47, and one of them was 49 46. Okay. But regardless, Usman won by unanimous decision. Nice. So, yeah, I think yeah. I, I will say, though, Covington, Covington did show in that fight that he is a great welterweight fighter. I mean, he right. is really the only person, like we talked about before the fight, he really is the only person that would stand a chance against Usman. And even, even then, he doesn't. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, like at, the, at this point, I'm just convinced that Usman is literally unbeatable. He's going to have a Khabib Nurmagomedov type career. He's probably going to just go undefeated and retire when he gets bored of beating everybody. Yeah. Um, and I will say this before we end this segment is that UFC really is the one sport that I watch where every time I watch it, I think, God damn, I have to watch more UFC. Dude, yes. It, I, it makes you so addicted, especially the main cards. I never regret it. I never regret watching it ever. Yeah. Like, as, and that could be said with NFL. There's a couple of times where, you know, it's a crummy game. Like, why did I waste my time with this game? Or like NBA or baseball or whatever. UFC is the only sport where I watch it and I never, ever regret it. Cause like in football, you know, if, if it's like a 40 to three game, like you don't care, you know, no, they're putting yeah. their backups in, yada, yada. But like, for example, like with the UFC, it's entertaining both ways. You get a really good fight. Of course, that's going to be entertaining. It's back and forth. They're battling it out. But then you get a domination, and then it's still entertaining because you're like, holy shit, this dude is putting on a clinical. Like, he's just so really? good. Or she, she's so good. Like, either way, it's – it's, and then you get, like, the crazy knockouts, too, that just happen out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah anything can happen. It's I love UFC, man. I'm so it's glad great. I became a fan. It's great. It's a great day off. It's a great day off. Life's a beach, and you're here, dude. <laughs> All right, uh, love it or love it.
Yes, sir. All right, you uh, want the uh, first batch for me? I'll take first. All right, so first up, we got Tom Brady calls out 17th game and says that the players should unite against owners. Yeah, I love this. Tom Brady, you tell him, um, I hate the math of like nine and eight, 10 and seven and stuff like that. Just for, like, I, I, we've said it multiple times before, just for that alone, it should go back to 16. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, next up, Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) This one's wild. Carmelo Anthony is shooting 64% from three at home, yet 0.6% from three on the road. I feel like I love it, and I love it because I feel like this is going to be a very Lakers 2021 type stat. Is we're going to see a lot more of shit like this pop up, um, just wild, weird stuff. So yeah, I love it. The Lakers, Lakers have already had a weird season so far. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, next up, Frank Gore is going to fight Darren Williams. Oh my God, I didn't even realize this. I'm going to let you talk about it, but holy shit. I love it. And when Ryan says Darren Williams, yes, that Darren Williams that played for the Jazz and the Nets. Um, <laughs> I, I knew exactly who NBA. it was. Yeah. yeah. So it's part of the Jake Paul, uh, Tommy Fury fight undercard. Um, definitely going to watch this. Apparently, Darren Williams, I didn't know this because I just read a little thing before. Uh, he's a very big combat sport enthusiast, and he actually owns his own, like, MMA bo- MMA slash boxing gym. That's so cool. keep that in mind when you bet. <laughs> prob- pop fade Frank Gore. Cause... I'll probably fade Frank Gore on that. Honestly, I don't know. Frank Gore's a grown ass man though, so it's but he's hard for me. Old as shit, and he's short. They're I feel the like same they're... age. Really, bro? Well, I guess yeah. Darren Williams has been out for a while, but um, how? But what about the height difference, bro? I mean, Darren Williams has got to have at least like six inches on him. Yeah, but they're the same weight. Let me see. So, I'm gonna Google that. What's the, what's the thing? Yeah. But no, I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. Um, again, so, it's gonna be on Triller. Pirate, sales seventies. Darren Williams is six three. Frank Gore is five nine. That's a seven inch difference. Holy shit! Actually, I'm gonna bet Frank Gore. Dude, fuck your no, dude. Bet Darren Williams. What are you talking about? Be like about? plus three hundred. You're probably right about that. So I, I guess we'll have to wait until the odds come out. But I, in yeah. general, I can't wait to see Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fight. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Last up, we got Steph Curry becomes the oldest player ever to score a 50-point game. Yeah, I'm going to give this one another love. Um, that's that's dope. That's, I, and it's hard to realize that Steph is 33, too. Like he's That is still, weird. It's still, in my mind, he's like a young up-and-comer, like new face of the NBA. He's still very youthful. Like, yeah. yeah. But he's baby-faced, but – yeah. Does not look 33, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. Awesome. Good for him. Um, yeah. Love it. All right. Let's switch over. Warriors are back too. I'm just going to say that. I, too. I think so. Yeah. Warriors are fucking back. Um, okay. So apparent video leaked of a UTD line coach yelling at players on the bus. So the video itself was just like a normal, like coach yelling profanities, telling his team happened after like, Apparently, UT lost, and they were laughing on the bus ride back home after the loss to Iowa State. Um, that's what happened. So, Yeah, and I, I, I loathe it, um, kind of like what we have here in the notes. Like the video, you know, coaches are going to cuss. I mean, especially at the college level, you know, coaches are going to get emotional. They're going to 
They're going to pour it out uh, to their players. It, it's just part of the thing. It's just part of how college football works. Um, and I kind of, I don't know how exactly, how exactly did it get leaked? Do you know? I think it was leaked by the person that recorded it. Like one of the know. players? It was leaked on Reddit. I, yeah, it was on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, so that... So. Yeah. That's even shittier, I feel like, than the actual altercation itself. Because, I mean, you know, what happens in the locker room should stay in the locker room. So, yeah, I loathe it. Yeah, that's what everyone on Reddit was saying, too. Um, <laughs> here's a crazy one. Nebraska is sticking with Scott Frost as their head coach, and they're restructuring his deal. <sighs> going forward. You know what? I'm going to love it because I, um, I kind of – I don't really have any – reason to i just kind of enjoy whenever nebraska a perennial powerhouse historical blue blood just literally can't make a bowl game in like the last five years it's fucking i don't know why but i like it and scott frost is definitely he's not the guy for them he's proven that he's not the guy for them um i, I can't believe uh, they're gonna continue with him so yeah i'm gonna, scott, I'm gonna love it scott frost has been covering he's been covering some spreads well, he's so. been covering spreads but yeah he, he's three and six <laughs> Yeah, he's terrible. Um, okay, Nikola Jokic retaliates against Markeith Morris in the Nuggets Heat game last night. Also, update on this one. It's just been handed down of a one-game suspension and $50,000 fine. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. I got a little notification as well. Oh, yeah, sorry. so – no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, Jokic is the one that took the suspension, and Morris got the fine. So, honestly, I don't know which one's worse. I mean, paying $50,000 $50, or sitting out one game. I feel like I'd rather just sit out a game, but anyway, uh, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna love it because even though I'm a Heat fan, and even though in this situation I should be, you know, defending Markeith Morris, yada yada, Morris did some dumb shit, bro. That was dumb on Morris's part. Um, Nikola Jokic, you can call it childish, whatever you want, you know. But as Shaq said about this situation, Shaq said, "If you hit me, you better not turn around because I'm hitting you back." Like. A hundred percent. I mean, you're the big man, bro. Joke, Jokic, you're the big man on the court. You don't let one of these guards bitch you around. hundred percent retaliate. I don't care if you think it's childish. It, it was the right thing to do. Fuck that guy. Awesome. E- even though not fuck uh, that guy. Cause I like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adolis Garcia left out of the AL rookie of the year finalist list, despite hitting 31 home runs into gold glove. The three finalists are wonder Franco and Randy. Orezanrina of the Tampa Bay Rays, and then Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros. Yeah, I'm going to – pretty obviously I'm going to loathe this one. I mean, we're both Rangers fans. Adolis Garcia was really the only highlight of of a really dim season for the Rangers, and he balled out. I mean, he he played a hell of a year consistently too, and I I am shocked though that he didn't reach the finalist. I I understand Wander Franco making it, um, but I thought maybe he would have been over – Eros Arena is if that's how you pronounce it, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna load it. Yep, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. All righty. Well, that is all we got for today's episode. A little bit of a college basketball preview mixed in there, and then, of course, what the fuck is going on with Las Vegas Raiders? But we'll be back again on Thursday. Gonna do a little bit of a reschedule though, because uh, why, why is this a little tender, for Dave? But uh, no, no, no. Why did you announce that? What? <laughs> why did you announce that? Announce what? That? Nothing. We'll be on at eight. Yeah, we have work plans. Uh, so we'll be on at eight, you know, um, on Thursday, still live on Twitch, YouTube, everything like that. But uh, yeah, any last comments? No, I'll see you guys on Thursday.
Make sure to tell him. Tune in for Taylor Fade because we will make you money. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I didn't even think and about I that. I stand by that. I stand by that. Yeah, I see. I feel like we're saying that though. And as soon as, uh, as soon as we've yeah. been, as soon as we caught on that we're fucking sick, is that we're definitely getting in our heads and we're. Getting nah, yeah, exactly. Now I'm gonna think about it and just take it out. Like of, but. four and six and three seven. But no, it's not gonna happen. We're gonna stay locked in. Um, definitely gonna go positive. Thinking about putting you in on everything that we say. Yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening.